Our leader, Ron, will describe what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Good evening. My name is Ron, and I am a food addict. Um, it's really nice to be back. Um, I grew up in Colma and had a lot of folk, had a lot of family in the city. Um, I grew up on a Muni, <laughs> spent a lot of time on a 14 Mission and a 10 Monterey and the, and the end Judah. I had some cousins who lived out in the Richmond District. Not Richmond. Well, I live in the Richmond too, but they also live in the Sunset. Anyways, uh, speaking of the past, um, I was always a fat kid. Always. Um, I don't remember not being fat. And I use the word fat because it, it equates to the word shame for me. And I have been ashamed about my body um, probably for about maybe 57, 58 years of my 62, life, 62 years of living on this planet. Um, excuse me, I didn't expect this. But I remember how it was. It was, um, my childhood was filled with shame. Um, my mom and dad were always, were always getting on me about my weight, right? But yet, never told me how not to be fat, right? Um, I grew up in a, the classic alcoholic codependent household. Um, my dad was also a rageaholic. Um, he, I think he was also obsessed with food. Um, there were many, many dinners at our kitchen table that my mom and dad got into a fight around how many grams were in the meal. Um, the kitchen table or the dinner table was probably the most shameful, horrible place that I ever went to every day of my childhood. I, I mean, I, it's it just, um, it was so wonderful when 12-inch black and white portable TVs came in because we could roll the TV into the kitchen and watch TV and not have a conversation, which always turned in to my dad berating somebody. Right? And when it came to me, it was about how much I was eating, right? Um, I, I, uh, um, when I got sober in, in, my, in my, well, so I had this horrible, I grew up in this horrible home, right? It wasn't, if you looked at it, we looked good, right? But they didn't understand who I was. No one ever told me how not to be fat. They just told me I was fat, you know. And I, I, I apologize if I'm offending anybody with that three-letter word, but that's what it felt like when I was a kid. And, um, <clears throat> and when I left my house at 22, the only, the only life tools that I had, how to handle life, is when the Niners scored, you take a shot, and when the Niners don't score, you take a shot, right? So basically, you just take a shot, right? But also with me, not, I, I know today that 
my food addiction is based on my taste buds. Uh, my dad wor worked for Del Monte. I, I grew up on canned vegetables. He bought the cheapest food there was around. And so I now know that the food we used um, or ate what wasn't nutritional at all. It was just substance. I mean, white Wonder Bread, right? I mean, that's what I grew up on. Um, and so I now know that, that my body probably craved nutrients. And then I had no other substance to get through my childhood except to eat. You know, and then when I got into high school, I found pot and then I found liquor. And those things through my 20s made my addictions blossom. They all went together. Um, and so, at, in best, my late 20s, I was 263 pounds was the last time I got on the scale. I may have hit 280, 290, I don't know, but I did. And, um, and I went into my therapist's office. I didn't have any other way to go um, except the therapy. And when, the second or third time I saw my therapist, I told her that I don't want to die, but I've lost the world to live. Because I've had so much pain in my life, and I've tried every way that I know, I knew how to get out of it, and yet I was still in it. So, I didn't really want to die, but there was nowhere else to go, and I had just lost the world to live. And the only thing I knew how to do is to go to my therapist's office every week. And, um, and so I did. And, and, uh, and a, a few, few years later, I ended up putting myself in rehab. Um, but while I was in therapy, I met this woman that I fell in lust with, kind of love, but mostly lust, and I lost a bunch of weight just for her, right? I mean, I got, I, I, I was able to wear those knit shirts that they wore in the 70s, and I had some guns going for like three days. <laughs> and, and it was a horrible relationship. I can't believe I ever stayed in that thing more than a week, but it was, it was so shaming and so horrible, and yet, that's where I was. She was really angry at me one night when I walked in the house and I said, what are you mad about? She goes, you're too short. And I showed her I left a year and a half later. <laughs> <laughs> but what it did is it got, it, I lost like 120 pounds. I was down to the weight. Now, after that was over, I zoomed back up and um, met my wife in 1995. I weighed 199 pounds because I would not let myself get to 200. 200 was my limit. So 199 is where I was. Um, I remember um, about a few months after my wife and I moved in together, we had a party and around midnight we were fighting over a Tupperware that had a brownie in it. And that was like one of our first fights. And um, she's been with me 
through this addiction. And um, I can't thank her enough. Um, we belong to a couples group called Recovering Couples Anonymous. We were part of that for about 25 years. And she's a major codependent. And so we just worked through this. And I'm telling you, it's only been about three years since I've not felt shame around my body. It, it's only been about three years that I realized that it doesn't have anything personal to who I am or what I do as a human being and a spiritual being on this planet. If I'm 165 pounds, it's not because I'm a horrible human being. It's just, number one, I'm a food addict, and number two is I'm 60 years old. Oh my God, no one told me that every time your age hits zero, your metabolism takes a dime, <laughs> right? So I tell the kids, I used to tell them, don't eat that, it's bad for you. Now I tell them, Eat that now, because <laughs> years now, you ain't going to be able to eat that. So that's normal stuff, right? I mean, our bodies just age, right? And then we got this thing called food addiction, or overeating, or whatever you want to call it. And I want to tell you, as a multi-addicted person, I want to tell you, you're one of the bravest people that are on this planet. You know why? Because you chose the hardest addiction to get rid of. You chose the hardest addiction to heal. That, that is so true. I have met so many AA people who have quit drinking for decades, but they can't get a handle on this food. I mean, many people from many addictions. Maybe cigarette may be just as bad. But so... When you look in the mirror and you want to beat yourself up, know that this is the toughest addiction that anybody's ever had. And there's nothing shameful about it. I don't... I don't write notes when I share. I just get up and share. You know, and... Shame seems to be the word for me tonight, right? Because, I, like I said, I'm 62 years old, and it's been like three years since I'm, um, probably six months ago, I was at about 175, which is about 20 pounds over my weight. And I felt just as bad as I did when I weighed 199. Right? So then I began to realize that it's not about the weight, right? I mean, it's like I'm down to 163 right now, and I'm bummed because I want to be at 155 before I go to Iceland in August, right? But I get this gift. I get to be here. I get this. I have a great body. I have a great body. You know why I have a great body? Because I'm still walking and talking. I abused the shit out of my body. And it's not my fault that I did. It's just that's how I got through life. You know? I used to live on salami sandwiches and potato salad. I mean, that's, that was my addiction. I mean, when I, even today when I feel bummed out or stressed or something, I want to go to those things. But I know I can't. Right? Number one, because I want to be healthy. No, that's number two. 
Number one is I'm, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And if I, if I eat for my taste buds every time I get emotional, I'm going to block myself from the higher power that I have, that we all have. I live by the 11th step. You know, to have a conscious contact with God. That's what I live for. I didn't have that until I was about 35 or 40 years old. I'm the therapist I told you about, that um, I had for about four years on a weekly basis. It was about, that whole four years was about getting out of my head the, the lie the falsehood that I was a horrible human being. Now, whether my parents meant to give it to me or not, whether the Catholic Church meant to give it to me or not, whether I meant to give it to me or not, when I left the house, that's what I thought. Right? And so, and then 10 years later, I'm in my therapist's office. But at one point, while I was doing therapy, my mom's got three sons, so does my dad. He's, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she gave each of her sons a binder about yay big of all the childhood pictures and stuff that she kept until we were like 16 or 17 years old. And so I took it to my therapist, and we went through it for about a month, right? And what I realized was all the pictures and the stuff of my childhood up to about up to about seven it's like I got these wonderful happy emotions but once it hit about seven everything was numb I didn't have any emotions around that stuff anymore and and I realized that's when I lost my conscious contact with my higher power that was it Right? And so, and then I didn't have anything else but food and drugs. And every once in a while, my mom and dad could be there for me. But that wasn't a lot. And, um, and I basically have had to do this journey by myself. And that's perfectly okay. That's just perfectly okay. Because I'm a great human being, right? And I can stand here in a room full of people and say I'm a great human being because I know that I'm no greater than anybody else in this room. I don't have anything else that you, you folks don't. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I know that. I've been where you are. I understand it. I know what it's like to pick stuff out of the garbage, throw this food away, and then go back and pick it up a minute later because I don't want to let it go. I know what it's like to have four meals in one day. One of the worst things I can do is go to a nice restaurant and have a lousy meal because it means I have to replace it. Right? And I did for many years. If I didn't like that meal, I wouldn't have, have another one. You know? I don't think I've ever eaten a whole bag of potato chips in one, in one city or a whole box of cookies in one city. But that, it didn't last long, though. I mean, I was, I was methodical with my eating, right? There was a reason I was 263 pounds, right? 
there was a reason I was there. There was a reason, there was a reason that I got back, I got down to 160 and back up to 200. You know, there was a reason I got down to 150 and got back up to 180. You know, but I did this wonderful chair once in this home group that I had. The first time, they didn't even know me. I brought five bags of 20-pound dog food. And I illustrated what my life was like through this dog food, right? And I, this is my life. I was 20 pounds overweight. And at this part, I was 40 pounds overweight. And at this pound, I was 60 pounds overweight. Then I lost when I pulled them. And then I got to five bags on the table like this. And it's like everybody in the room gasped. I had a tear in my eye because that was on my body. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know how to get it off. I had no idea how to get it off. But how it worked is, I didn't try to get it off. That wasn't the main goal. The main goal was to have my spiritual health. And these twelve steps are, are just. I think Bill is a Bill W is a great American mystic. I don't, I, I think he belongs up there with, with Buddha and Jesus and, and Muhammad because he brought this. You know, this is a beautiful spiritual path and it's too bad that it, hooked, it got hooked up with AA really at the beginning because now it's got this stigma about, about that it's only for, for alcoholics or only for addicts because it's not. But it's a beautiful path. And for me, the moment of clarity in my life is when I went into rehab and I sat down in my first lecture and I put my butt in the seat and I looked up and the, the lecturer was understanding God as we understand God. And this shy kid of 20, 32 years old in this room full of people like this, oh, by the way, if I, would have, if I came into this room today at 30 years ago, I know that you guys, everyone here had their life together. I was the only one who was a fuck-up, right? All you guys had it together. So that's the room I walked into. And I raised my hand and I said, you know, you mean I can believe in any God I want? And he said, yeah. And that was the first time I had ever heard that. And that was such a freedom because I didn't have to believe in my mom or my dad's God or the Catholic Church God or the God that I saw on TV. I, I could believe in my God, which is what I believe is, is always in my heart and within me. Right? And so I, I, I want to reword the second prayer. Don't tell anybody. I'm glad we're in the basement because that's sacrilegious. But I want to reword the second, I'm, I mean, the second um, step. Um, so the second step says came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity I want to say came to believe in the power greater than what we're using right now right because I believe in fact now I know because I've been through it I've been there I understand I don't want to preach it's not what I'm doing but 
when you share, you're supposed to give your hope, right? I don't have hope. I don't believe in hope. I know, because I've been here, I've been there, I've been where you are, I understand, thank you. I've, I've been on this 12-step path for 30 years, and I have a power, I'm using a power within me that I've always had, but I didn't know when I started. And the reason why, I was 263 when I was at my bottom, I was 200, and then I was 180, and I fluctuated back and forth, and then I'm down to 150, and I'm down to 160, because I'm a food addict. I'm not the person who could stay abstinent all the time. I'm not one of those people. But my weight stays closer and closer to a healthy weight. It's because of my spiritual strength. It's because of that conscious contact with my God, or my spirit, or I like to call it divine source. Or in my deepest meditations, I call them pop. Right? Because that's that's what speaks to my heart. And and um, wow. This is really from the bottom of my heart tonight. I didn't know this was gonna happen. But I just want you to know. But no matter how you're feeling, because not only have I been through this with me, I've watched hundreds of people. I've watched addicts, I've watched overreaders, I've watched sex and love folks, I've watched codependents, I've watched couples in recovery. But the people who understand who their higher power is, the people who get that, who understand what a conscious contact is, they're the folks who I've seen recover the most or discover the most, right? For me, it's not about recovery. It's about discovery, about discovering who I am and the strength and the will that I have, right? This food thing isn't about willpower. Anybody here think it's about willpower? Because if you thought it was about willpower, you wouldn't be sitting here. You'd be earning points over in Weight Watchers. I know none of you have been in Weight Watchers, by the way. <laughs> but I, I just, I, I know I only have a couple minutes left. But I just really want to say to you that when you look in the mirror, please give yourself a break. Please hear, if, if, if nothing else, if you hear my voice singing, you are beautiful, or you are strength, or you are love, because that's what I believe. You know, and, 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 and I believe it because I know it for myself. Of, of all the addictions that I've got, I've got about five major ones. This is the one that, that really um, speaks to my heart. This is the one that I've been 
so shameful of being a food addict, of not being, not being able to put on the clothes that I put on, that I wore seven months ago. You know what I don't have? You know what I don't have in my closet? I don't have fat clothes. And it's been like that for like six years. And I never ever thought that that would happen. Never. I didn't wear clothes that I wore three years ago. I just went through about 20 pounds overweight and there isn't almost anything in my closet that I wasn't able to wear. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the way it feel, felt, but I could put it on. You know, and, and, um, and I've, I've, I've been on a food program and I've lost about 15, 20 pounds <clears throat> in the past couple months because I'm going to Iceland. Right? So, Iceland. June 7th, we, we go to the airport. We go to get on the plane and they tell me my passport has to be six weeks, six months prior to my expiration date. So they don't, they don't let me on the plane. Yeah, they didn't let me on the plane. And so now I'm going two months later. And I didn't eat order. And I gotta be quiet, so I will, but. You are lovable human beings. And, and I say that because I know it. Because I'm one of you. So thank you.